Welcome back to another edition of the Vandal Scoreboard Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Kellogg, and I'm joined today by sports editor of the UI Argonaut, Chris Dermer, once again. We take a look at the season that Idaho football had in our recent opinion columns that we wrote for it on the Vandal Nation website. We also take a look at the Battle of the Palouse results last night for men's basketball and the women picking up a big road win in San Diego. We'll also take a look at the college football rankings, give our thoughts on the teams and what the scenarios are going into the playoff. We'll also talk about the NFL season, the NCAA championship week, and the winners and our predictions for that game before going in to our Mike Leach Awards. Thank you all for listening as always, and remember, go Vandals. And we're here. All right. Another episode. Another week. Had a week off for Thanksgiving break, but we are back here in the studio. Vandal Scoreboard Podcast. Zach Kellogg with Chris Dermer, as always. Chris, how you doing? Not too bad, Zach. Not too bad. It's been a it's been a long week, but it's been a good week. Yeah. I'm like, we're, we're back from break. Hasn't been too Definitely. bad this week. We got all our stories in, you know, but now we're here. We can finally yeah. talk some Vandal sports. And I got to give an apology to you. You know, going into last week, you said... Mace Petrino might end his career with six touchdown passes, you know, something crazy like that. And I was like, ah, like, that'd be crazy. He has seven total touchdowns, six to the air, over 540 all-purpose yards. Yep. No picks, 86% completion percentage, somewhere around there. Probably his best game as a Vandal in his final career game. Oh, definitely. Like, I (laughs) – it's so weird to think because, you know – you know, I was so confident. Like, you know, I definitely saw this coming. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely saw Visionary this Visionary over here, yeah. But, uh, I mean, just a career day for the offense in general. I mean, defense uh, obviously had some issues. It was just a straight-up shootout for that final football game. Yeah. Um, but what a way just to end the season for the Vandals, especially the way it's it's been going this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to send it off on the right note. and With def- a road win, too. Yeah, with a road win. Picking up the first road win since – 2017. Yeah, since Colton Richardson's yeah. kind of coming out game, yeah. you know. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, especially for Mason Petrino, I mean, yeah, having that send-off and it's like having that be his lasting memory, Yeah, I think I think it's good for him and, and this team. Yeah, I think it's just nice just kind of end it on a high note. He'll go his way. Yeah. The Vandal fans will go their way. Yep. They've ne- they haven't really gone along during – outside the Eastern win, they haven't gone along, so – that era of Vandal football is over. Yeah. Paul will most likely be back here next year. But this week uh, in the paper, we both wrote about kind of our opinions on this season. But first, let's just kind of give like a rundown for like the highlights for, you know, because, yeah. you know, some of the people that listen to our show aren't exactly huge Vandal fans. But things started off against Penn State in a in a shocking loss, like just shocking that we lost oh, that yeah. game, 71-7 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it was 77 uh I think it was 70, 72-7, 77-7. Something like that, yeah. We only scored seven. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. But, uh, I mean, and then following week, Central Washington picking up a win. Yeah. Uh, it's well, kind of the first game we kind of started to see that Petrino was needed at quarterback because yep. whenever Richardson would go in, uh, the offense was kind of just starting to fall apart against Central Washington. Yep. Um, so that was interesting to see. Uh, Wyoming next week. That was a – that was a big game. I think one of the most pivotal games of the season was Wyoming. Uh, that team finally started to build some confidence. Granted, it was a road loss at well, like I think the highest elevation stadium all of the NCAA. in the country. Yeah, but having a chance to really, really having a chance down inside the twenty to pull off the upset win. 
that that's just huge in general, especially when, you know, Pat, last time you're playing a big FBS opponent, kind of came up sh- a lot short against Penn State. Yeah, not kind of short. It was it was bad. And the thing against the Cowboys, we were one offensive PI away and one control Haywood drop pass from exactly. from taking the lead in the fourth quarter and winning that game. Yep. I was watching that, and that was just so uncharacteristic to see mm-hmm. to see Haywood do that. But we were just that close. We were just you know yeah. just one play away from upsetting Wyoming and winning that game, which, I mean, if we were 2-1 and one right there, I think we're talking maybe a different story right now because mm-hmm. that's that kind of confidence boost, getting that monkey off your back in terms of winning on the road. Who knows what happens, but... Yeah, and if I, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure the Vandals had the lead at halftime after yeah. two quarters, mm-hmm. which is was crazy to think about at the time. Especially against a Mountain West mm-hmm. opponent and some and a Mountain West opponent that's been pretty solid the last yeah. few years. You know, had a down year this year, but they're still a Mountain West school and they're still mm-hmm. solid. But and then um after that they arguably had one of their biggest games of the year. Yeah. And probably their I would say their biggest. Yeah, and I was like the game that no one really saw coming and kind of really sparked some life into this team was mm-hmm. that win against Eastern Washington in pretty dominant fashion. Yeah. At least for the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. Having that huge lead and just kind of they let it kind of slip away being too conservative towards the back end and Paul acknowledged that. But that win over Eastern, when they were ranked and we Got that revenge one from last year. It was like, all right, this team is capable of maybe making a run. Yeah, I mean, that whole game was a total shock. I mean, it's not that – I mean, maybe we thought the Vandals had a chance, but not in the deciding fat, like faction that it happened in. Like, yeah. 28 nothing at halftime. No one no one expected that. Not no. not even the play-by-play guys I was helping that day. They were like, what is happening? Like, no. this like this never happens. No, it was it was crazy. So that was a huge win, and then, well, then the rest of the season happened. And I was just saying, like, <laughs> that's what I wrote in my column, is that, like, it started off with yeah so much hype because everyone was like, oh, man, like, close watch to what, loss to Wyoming, win against, Eastern, win against Eastern, like, we're going to Northern Colorado, chance to be 3-1. and one. Oh, and then we lay an egg against the Bears. Yep, in the first, our first conference game of the year. And then we lay an egg against Portland State, getting yep. lows now in 24 nothing. And then we lose against Weber. And then it's just kind of, you know, then we beat Cal Poly. And then it's just kind of, you know, a little run right homecoming, there. Homecoming. Homecoming, big win at homecoming against yeah, Idaho State. Yeah, so we, yeah, we beat Idaho State. We beat Cal Poly. Lost to Weber State. And then. Yep. Weber know. State was an interesting game, too, because, I mean, they were fifth in the country at the time. And we were with them until the very end. So. Yeah, that Nick Romano kickoff return yeah. also kind of cemented his spot as an all-big sky mm-hmm. first teamer for a returner. So. That, and that was our first return, I think, in like six years. I think so, yeah. Or something like that. It's been quite a while since, since I think, start of Matt Linehan's career. Last time we had a kick return for a touchdown. But then, you know, we, we closed the year out with the win at Northern Arizona. But, you know, it's just kind of – we this team played to level the con- competition consi- consistently. And that's the most frustrating thing about this yeah. team. Because they could have beat Northern Colorado. They could have beat Portland State. They could have won all these games. And been better than five and seven, flat out. That's true. I mean, at the same time, I look at it too, where the Big Sky was probably, I think, very top heavy more than it has been, like especially last season. Yeah. Uh, Idaho faced like three top ten opponents. Yeah, Sac State, and Montana, you, yeah. and Weber State. And then yep. Eastern was eleven at the time too. So yeah. four teams inside the top eleven at their respective times. That's ridiculous. So. Yeah. 
I, I, it's just with this team, it's just like it's, it's just still frustrating because you see that potential. You yeah. see the transfers that came in. You see the offensive line is supposed to be the best it's been in years when they play when they play the right way. Mm-hmm. They they seem to block everyone, keep Mason protected. But it's just you know, just frustrating when you look about the season. You're like, just a, just a couple turning points. Definitely. And this could have easily been an eight and three team. Easy. Yeah, I mean there could have been a po- like good possibility for that. I mean, like I said. This season has provided maybe some of the best Vandal moments that I've experienced these yeah. past three, four years now, rather than the bull year. Yeah. Which I was looking back at the bull year. It's crazy to think we were like one game shy of having 10 wins. I know. That is crazy to think it's about. insane. <laughs> Especially how Vandal football has been since. I was like before and since. Yeah. Wasn't great. Just that one year. Yeah. Everything clicked. That is, yeah, it's crazy. So, but I mean, like the Eastern game, Idaho State game this year. Gating payback against two huge rivals was huge. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, against Montana, there was a chance. Well, they were up ten nothing in the first. Yeah. In the, in, within the first, going into the second quarter, mm-hmm. or in the second quarter, they were up ten nothing. So Idaho like had the momentum rolling. They had three takeaways, just couldn't yep. score points because nope. playing in Missoula is such a tough thing that not anyone can really do. Exactly. Exactly. I mean. And then finally picking up the road win at the end of the year in the fashion they did. Yeah. In a crazy overtime thriller. I was like. Everybody going off. Jeff Cotton, Mason Petrina having career days. And then Nick Romano as well getting the bulk of the carries. Yeah. Uh, with there still being a, there are a lot of injuries there for the running back core. Mm-hmm. But I think that's I think that's great for Romano. I mean, he's getting all first big sky return. But at the same time, he was kind of expected to just come out swinging early on and yeah. we never like there was glimpses here and there but we never really saw it you know I mean with Andre Carter doing exactly. what he did it's like that running back crew was so deep and mm-hmm. there were so many power guys who could just get their head down and pick up those 30 yard runs with three yeah. guys on their back it's really just kind of who had it that week and that's what Paul said at the start of the year he's like whoever has it going we're riding with them and yeah we I saw think, that all year and I thought it worked out pretty well I think we're gonna see more of the same next year yep. as well um but Probably more Romano, I would assume as well, especially the way he has been playing these past few weeks. The one thing I want to see next year, Colton needs to slim down, and he needs to get healthy. Yeah, if he wants to be a starting quarterback and he has the talent, he has the arm talent to do it for sure. It's just the health aspect. That's pretty much one of the main reasons Mason was starting so much, because he was always healthy. He'd always give you a solid mm-hmm. performance despite having some fumbles and some, you know, some picks with that because he doesn't have the strongest arm. Colton has that strong arm. He just doesn't have the mobility. It's just that when he tries to be mobile, he'll get hurt. He'll hurt his foot or his leg or just something like that. Colton Richardson, if he wants to be the quarterback next year, needs to be healthy. Or else um, Nikhil Nair or Freeze will come in and take that spot because Petrino will find someone. It's going to be interesting. I mean, the quarterback, I mean, people were complaining about the Petrino-Richardson court. But now with Petrino gone... Unfortunately, I think he was the only spot of like somewhat consistency. Yeah. In a way, uh, Colton Richardson, you don't know what you're going to get from him. You don't know if you're going to get his Idaho State performance where he's just slinging it all day. Yeah. Or his Central Watch performance where he throws two picks and yeah, two drives. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. I think, I think if he is, I mean, if he does stay and he is the lead guy, I think having that confidence that like, okay, I I am the guy. I don't have to worry about maybe my job being yeah. taken. Having that confidence can help him, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Uh, it's going to be different too for the, you know, our wideout core. Uh, not having Jeff Cotton, that's big because 
he was the bread and butter of that offense. Him and Mason doubt. just had it going. Yeah. Like those two those two just have that connect like they were they just kinda had it going in those quick slants, yeah. those quick curls. You need you need a simple first down, you you throw it to Cotton. Yeah. So but we saw signs, I mean, when Cotton was hurt this year that Control Haywood stepped up and could take that position too. Yep. Uh, I've I have no doubt Control Haywood, I mean, heck I remember I guess a season ago or two seasons ago when he was a freshman. Last year, spring yeah. football game, and he had like six touchdowns. Granted, it's just a spring football game. I was like, yeah. Oh, it was either spring or like fall camp or something. But he just was going. I off. think I think it was this last spring Maybe. while he was still a freshman. Yeah, and it was just after his freshman year because he had that Southern Utah game where he had three touchdowns last year too. Yeah. But uh, Cottrell, I've been like, I was. Yeah, in, I've always been a big Cottrell fan. I it's think like I've been watching him, and he's. Yeah. I am not in doubt that he will be the number one guy next year. Have DJ Lee, Jonte Boston, you know. All those guys yeah. on the outside supporting him. Those two are to step up, though, mightily. They will, and get healthy. And, and, yeah, get healthy. They, like, it, yeah, so. We have, the thing is, we have the talent. DJ Lee's quick little guy that can work out of the slot or mm-hmm. work on the outside. Control Haywood's that number one guy. Jonte Boston's sim- more similar to DJ Lee. We have a lot of these guys. And also the tight end, Connor Whitney. Love the guy. Right on the outside. And, you know, we have all those guys on that can work on the line. Hayden Hatton. Hayden Haddon, but Noah Johnson's not going to be gone. Is going to be gone yeah. now from the offensive line. That's huge. It's going to Lloyd Hightower now gone from the defense. You know Cedric Thomas isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Being the transfer one and out. Yeah, secondary is going to be looking, looking shaky. It's going to be looking a little thin, and so it's yeah. a lot's going to fall on Jonah Kim, Noah Ellis, Christian Ellis. You know all those guys on the front to get pressure on the quarterback next year, stop the run, and make it easier on those DBs. Definitely. So that way the quarterbacks aren't just able to sling it 40 times a game and have pre- and not have pressure in them. But. Yeah, and especially, I mean, in the big sky where a lot of teams have mobile quarterbacks now. Yep. So that's a big thing that Petrino, uh, Coach Petrino stressed on this year is just trying to contain these mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. That they weren't really used to that much seeing in the Sun Belt. So. Yeah. I, I Overall, though, there were the, there were moments this season. I don't know how good this team will be going forward. There's bright yeah. spots, but I think there's going to be me a little bit more of a culture change. And you get people more invested in the team, get the team invested in themselves again. Definitely. But that's just going to we have to wait till next season and kind of mm-hmm. see what happens there. All right, going off of football now. You know, uh, roller coaster of a season. But last night we have the battle for the Palouse here in Cowan yes. Spectrum, Idaho Vandals hosting. The Washington State Cougars, things started off pretty solid. It wasn't yep. too bad in in the first half, only down eight going into halftime. I was there on the press table, even though it was totally packed. It was it was kind of a different energy. The bench was getting excited, you know. The That's Scott Blakeney was physical inside. Mm-hmm. Trayvon was a little banged up. You can kind of tell that. Um, but you know, overall. There wasn't a whole lot of fear, and I mean, considering it was only a 13-point loss, I was expecting a 30-point loss, if I'm being completely yep. honest, because no, we definitely. only had, we expected to only have seven, we had eight guys suit up against this Pac-12 team that has a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I was like, the second half kind of killed us, and talking to Coach Claus, Scott, and Trayvon after the game, they were like, that second half coming out of the locker room is our biggest concern right now. But overall, I am not too worried about this team as much as I thought I was going into it. Yeah, I think they're starting. Like I said, most of from the earlier non-conference games, they've been in them, but they just can't close it. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a different atmosphere, which is which is good that this team has needed a different atmosphere, especially, granted, it's a whole different team last year. Yeah. But just, <laughs> like, the locker room and all that stuff. I mean, 
Trayvon can probably attest to that. Yeah. So, uh, but I think this team can be competitive. And I yeah. Think that's something that Vandal fans will hopefully appreciate is that we're at least competitive. So. And, um, I mean, yeah, 78-65, the final score. Like I said, it's just it was just kind of weird. It, like, Cowan Spectrum had a decent crowd in it, nothing like the game we had a couple years ago against WSU. But, I mean, yeah. still a solid crowd. There were moments where people got loud, people got into it, and it was like, oh, crap, this is a college basketball game. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like at a, at a school like Definitely. this size where they – but then, you know, it kind of pees it off in the second half when people just kind of lose interest and things just aren't going our way. It's just like – we just need just that little bit of support. We just need that little bit of energy to help things going and help keep these guys going because, you know, it's just kind of losing some of that intensity. If they just get that going, they just get that turn that last corner, mm-hmm. I think this team can possibly make a run in terms of, you know, being competitive in the big sky, fighting for yeah. that fourth or fifth spot. I don't know yeah. about top three, but I think this team has the talent, if they get healthy as well, to try and make some noise in the big sky. Quinton Forrest did go down, though, one of my favorite players mm. on this team, averaging nine rebounds a game as a guard. Pretty solid guy, but yeah. he went down with a hip injury, looks like, and I don't know what, what his status is. So that's worrisome, but I'm excited for this team going forward. Definitely. it's It's been a fun start to the season so far. It's been interesting, especially with the winter sports, to see how these new-look teams uh, have played out. And I think with Big Sky just right around the corner, um, it's going to be – it's gonna be fascinating to see what both, I mean, women's basketball and men's can can make a run. Yeah, it, and overall, I mean, we didn't shoot great. I mean, Trayvon went five of sixteen, one for six from three. Um, Baba Carthiambain went one of four. Gabe Quinnett got twenty minutes, and he went one of five. A uh, little hometown kid, a uh, chance went three of seven. You know, it was these guys had tough time. You know, they mm-hmm. kind of started off solid, and then they just kind of started petering off. Well, they didn't even get the shots to fall. Credit. Washington State is a very tall and athletic team and doesn't allow a whole lot of inside shots. But yeah. going forward, solid footing with this team, I think, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely. Like I said, uh, we'll just see how the rest of the season goes. Yep. And now going to staying on the hardwood, women's basketball. They were on the road against San Diego last night, and they picked up their biggest win of the season on Allison Kirby's birthday. Yep. Happy birthday, Allison. <laughs> but um, four and three on the year, you know, played some tough games so far, you know. After that two-game skid to Lamar and Old Dominion, they were able to, you know, bounce back, beat San Diego, like I said, 33.165 to 32. Crazy. Lizzie Klinker with 20 and 9 on 8 of 11 shooting. Very efficient. You know, uh, Gina Markson with 14, Beyonce B with 11 and 6. Beyonce B really coming to her own as a freshman on this team Mm -hmm. as a near double-double machine and, you know, just solid, you know, getting points outside and inside and also getting those rebounds offensively and defensively. Definitely. I mean, this this new look, somewhat new look team, uh, I think, I, I mean, let's be honest, it's not really too much of a new look team. I think we just say that because we're just so used to having Ferenz and Pierce on the I was going to say, I'm like, without them, it feels like a new look it, team. It feels like a new look team. So, but these players are experienced. And I mean, and then having Beyonce be come in, and just play the way she is playing as a freshman. Um, it's crazy. Uh, I remember beginning of uh, season, we had a chance to sit down with Coach Newley. Yeah. And and he said, he's like, you know, I think people are going to be surprised by this young freshman, Beyonce B. Uh, she's going to, she's going to, you know. Have surprise some a, people. Yeah, yeah, surprise some people. 
And sure enough, she's been surprising people. And it's been – once was a hidden weapon, but I think now, especially going to big size season, um, teams are going to know that we have to lock down on Beyonce speed. And the thing is, we still have um, Janie King, you know, bit of a defensive liability, something they've really been working on there, but she can still knock down the three ball. You know, she hasn't really gotten going this season. Same with, you know, Izzy Haddon, Nina yeah. Carlson, Allison Kirby, Haley Christopher. These are all players that could potentially get you 10 points a night. Definitely. And they're just kind of getting going now because Lizzie, Natalie, and, and Beyonce are, are all kind of shouldering the load right now mm-hmm. with Gina Markson up there as well. This team, I mean, still got some time left. Same with men's basketball. We got some time until um, Big Sky starts. We got a couple weeks. They go on the road to University of South Florida on the 15th, and they're home against Hawaii on the 21st. You know, I will say this for women's basketball. They've had some of probably the best places to go I know. on the road during non-conference and play. I mean, San Francisco all, all year long. I'm like, man. Yeah. I was know, like, Shout out to uh, the scheduling team for women's basketball because uh, – uh, even though they're traveling far away, it's got to be some some nice places to go to. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Stillwater, you know, it's Oklahoma, so yeah, you know, it's, but it's, you, it's yeah. solid. Yeah, you go to San Francisco, you get to go to Seattle, you get to go to San Luis. Um, yeah, go to California for, for, for a little back-to-back tournament. Nights. Man, that sucks. And then, oh wow, now you have to San play Diego, in San Diego, and then you get to go to Tampa. That'd be cool if they were able to go to Hawaii and just you know cap off that road that. and just you know, but you know, they're in Cowan Spectrum next week or um. Yeah, that'll be next week on the 21st. They'll be in Cowan Spectrum, and I believe they'll be in Cowan Spectrum for the remainder of the season, except for those last two games for, for senior night. But overall, I'm excited where this team is going. It's going yeah, to be interesting when Big Sky comes, see how they can do on the boards and knocking down the three ball. But overall, not too worried about women's basketball. I think that they 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 have me excited for this next year and to cover them. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I don't think I'm going back to like the locations. You know, yeah, it's cool, but at the same time, I think it's a good experience just for you know, just team bonding in general. I think that's something oh, mm-hmm. that like goes under the radar is to if the team is closer as a unit, then they're going to play better together because they want to play for each other, they want to help each other out. Mm-hmm. So, um, having those experiences off the court at some you know really fantastic places, not yeah. in the middle of uh, cold Moscow, Idaho. I think it's nice for the morale of the team. Yeah, it definitely helps. Well, that'll be all here for the for our extended first part of the show. When we come back, we'll take a look at the college football rankings, our picks for conference weekend and all for conference championship weekend and also NFL game of the week. And we're back, coming out of the break. Vandal Scoreboard Podcast, Zach Keller, Chris Dermer. So starting things off, we're winding down now on the college football season. You know, for the NCAA, every week the college football rankings come out. And every week, they have been pretty solid so far this year. Haven't been too many complaints like last year. I'm very excited for the playoff uh, because, let's be honest, I think Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson will all go and make it. And that is awesome because all three of those teams – I can see winning it all. Yep. Um, that fourth spot, you know, it's going to be interesting who is there, but you know what? Good for you, whoever makes it. You, Good for you. I was like, you get a, you get a loose uh, Ohio team. Yeah. But that's another crazy thing. Imagine if that four seed does win, yep. and then that would just make the whole playoff even crazier. You remember in 2015 exactly. when Ohio State made that huge yeah. run to beat Alabama and Oregon? Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so taking a look at the rankings, we have Ohio State at number one. No disputing that. I, so. I mean, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, Chase. You know, it. They are just so. They are just so good, and I. Yeah. They haven't skipped a beat since Urban Meyer stepped down, at all. No, it, not at all. I don't know how they're doing it. It's just cool. All right, Ohio State, you're number one. I think LSU should be number one. I mean, they have possibly the. Well, they do have Chase Young, the top defensive end, possibly going in the draft. Yeah. Top cornerback as well. Yeah. Justin Fields, Heisman candidate, right next to Joe Burrow. Yep. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, who put himself right back into that race after, you know, their win over Michigan. Yep. So, this team is is crazy. And, I mean, which also is nuts. is like, I mean, we have LSU at number two, Joe Burrow, and that offense. Who would have thought an explosive LSU offense? God. Nobody. 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 Um, and then, you know, at three, you got Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. They've been consistent, but at the same time, it's like, you would think after, especially after they had like that win of last Alabama year. last year, it's like okay, well here we go with Clemson. But they've just been, I mean, I guess would you say middle of the road when you? I would say under the radar because they haven't been blowing anyone out. They've, you know, they almost lost North Carolina at the start of the year. That's kind of what I always kind of look back on. But you know, it's like they've just been winning games. Yeah. It hasn't been pretty, they but have, they're winning. You know, it's the it's the Clemson formula: really strong defense, and then. Somewhat of an explosive offense at times. Yeah. Uh, and Trevor, I mean, you have Trevor Lawrence, who's been having kind of an off season, but I just feel like there's going to be something about the playoff and those big games where he's going to step up the most. Uh, yeah. Just like last season, he kind of he had a lot of good moments, but he was never the best. You know, kind of outshined by Tua. Yep. And then going into that, you know, that national championship game, he proved himself to be one of the best quarterbacks in. Uh, Probably the country. Yeah, and so, yeah, LSU, Ohio State, two very, very good teams in Clemson right along there. But here's where it gets interesting. Mm. Yeah, Georgia at four, Utah at five, Oklahoma at six, Baylor at seven, and then a possible Wisconsin at eight. The only way I can see Wisconsin getting in, LSU has to beat Georgia, so they drop out. Wisconsin has obviously to beat Ohio State, and then Clemson has to lose the ACC championship game to Virginia. And Wisconsin might have a shot to get in. Maybe. But, I, but it is a very, very, very long shot. Yeah, I just do not see Wisconsin. And I mean, and here's the thing, too. If you – I mean, if that would all happen, I mean, I feel like you could say the same thing for, I mean, an Alabama team or an Oregon team, you know, a 10-2 and two team. Yeah. Uh, with possibly stronger records. So, it, it's only because – the reason I say that is because Wisconsin is in the their Big Ten championship game, but that would also true. mean um, Utah would have to lose to Oregon, Baylor, or Oklahoma. One of them would get in because they would win the Big Twelve. But yeah, so a lot would have to happen. But Wisconsin, I'd say a one percent shot to make the playoff right now. And then you have Oklahoma, Baylor. Winner of that game, I think, is in unless Georgia beats LSU. Yeah. And you can't drop LSU out of the playoff, even if they lose. It's going to be like last year yeah. with Georgia and Alabama. It's like you just can't drop them out. It's got to be two yeah. SEC, teams, SEC teams in. So yeah, definitely. I think I think if Georgia wins, they're in. So it's yep. It's kind of from what the committees you know have been having these past few weeks, uh, which is deservingly so. I think Georgia is the fourth best team in the country. Yeah, and you know it sucks that they had that bad South Carolina loss. If they didn't have that, they'd, they'd be a four seed 
cemented, yeah. possibly even a number three seed over Clemson. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think, yeah, I think if they never had that loss, they'd be at three and Clemson would be at four. Yeah. So. And we have Utah. I mean, they've been kind of a surprise team this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they only have one win over – or they only have one ranked game. That yeah. was against USC, and they lost. So not really sure kind of how I feel about this team. I mean, they're they're five right now in the country, but, I mean, it's just kind of a thing. It's like they haven't really played anyone. And this game against Oregon, I think, will kind of maybe not prove if they're, if it they're has in, to, but, you know. I think it has to be a deciding, like, a huge victory for Utah over, over Oregon. Oregon to make it. It's going to be – it reminds me a lot of – Ohio State when you know the first season of the college football playoff mm. they had that huge Big Ten Big Ten championship win um, just in deciding factor just blew yeah, yeah yeah blew them out I think I'm pretty sure I would I want to say I want to say Wisconsin I think it was Wisconsin Michigan State is one of those teams I, I think it was Wisconsin they, they yeah. blew them out so you know they I think they're gonna have to do something like that against Oregon yeah it, yeah I but then you have Oklahoma and Baylor it's yep. like, and I, I, I've, it, this is when it starts getting muddy is just that five through that five through seven, you know, just kind of like, what are we going to do here? And in Baylor and Oklahoma, you got to say both teams, 11 and one, you have a big 12 championship underneath your Definitely. belt. It's like, if Georgia loses, it's like kind of what you do with those three spots of Utah, Oklahoma and Baylor, depending on who wins out of Baylor, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And then if Utah finishes the deal in the pac 12, Definitely. Personally, personally, my my perspective from this, if Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve championship, they're I in. think they're in. I th- yep. I think they should be in. Will the committee do it? Who knows? Will what they... if Baylor wins? What What do you think is going to happen then? If are they winning in? I think if Utah wins and then Baylor wins, I think there's more. I think Utah has the Utah the has the edge. I think Utah would have the edge. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll talk about these games a little bit more here in a minute. But, you know, actually, we'll just kind of do that right now. So, first game on the docket here, we have – so, we're going to do the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the SEC. Yep. Those are going to be our three picks of the week this week along with one NFL game, which we'll talk about here in a minute. We got about a half hour left here on the show. Let's start with Pac-12. Let's start with the Pac-12. That's the first game. It's coming up on Friday, so that's when this will go online. This will air on Thursday, go out Friday. Number five, Utah versus number 13, Oregon, in Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. I'm going to take Justin Herbert in this one. I'm going to take the Ducks because I just, I don't know. If Utah wins it, cool. You know, they, they get it. I just think the Ducks are kind of just that more proven program, and they'll pick up the the win in the big game. You know, man, I was I was thinking Ducks as well. I really was, but something tells sometimes that Utah will win and make it interesting. Oh man, this is difficult. Especially that that Utah defense is is pretty good, um, and in a Pac-12 conference, that's something that like isn't really a thing i guess yeah so you know what i'm gonna go utah you are gonna go everyone's Ut- doubting them let's go utah they've been doubted all season long heck all we're right. just down right now that they don't even deserve to be in the playoff so let's go utah all right i got oregon you got utah 
All right, and if Oregon wins, they're not going to the playoff, but that'll ruin Utah's chances. But like you said, if Utah wins and Oklahoma loses, yep. they're they're in the playoff. But also, Georgia's going to have to lose too. True. So a lot of interesting things here, but we'll move on now to the Big 12 championship game, which is number six, Oklahoma versus number seven, Baylor. Who do you got in this one? I have Oklahoma. I have Oklahoma. I mean, uh, their last matchup was a crazy one. Baylor was dominating. This was at home. This is a, you know, now it's like a neutral turf. Uh, but even though they were dominating at home, Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts was able to just come right down the field and just keep scoring and scoring yeah. and scoring and pull off the win. Um, like, I think what's crazy is, like, Oklahoma's been – I don't understand how they've been kind of forgotten about in a way. I mean, yes, it's bait. They're like the same old formula for Oklahoma. Really good offense. You know, no defense. Yeah. Which is weird to think about, too, because, I mean, back in the day, Bob Stoops' Oklahoma defenses were, you know, the big thing. So, yeah. But Jalen Hurts and that offense is really, really good. Yeah. And we've kind of forgotten about how good they are. So I'm taking Oklahoma. Since that loss to Kansas State, it's just been kind of – things have really cooled off for the Sooners. Yeah. But I'm taking the Baylor Bears. Ooh. I picked them the first time, and I was riding high, and I was like, oh, man, they wow. they got this, you know. Like, they're, they're, they're going to do it. Okay. Then they came up short. Um, I think Baylor's going to do it. I think they're going to close the deal this time in AT&T Stadium. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just they, they just feel like one of those teams. I mean, I've been pretty impressed with them so far. It's like <laughs> – their quarterback, he likes to sling it around almost to a degree that, you know, starts to hinder him a little bit, starts to hurt him a little bit because he starts throwing those early interceptions. I think the defense is is okay. You know, it's the Big 12, so you're not going to yeah. get a whole lot there. But I don't know. I feel like Baylor – I think it's going to be a close game regardless. I think yeah. it's going to be a bit of a shootout, kind of like last year against Texas. Definitely. Funny what happened in Texas. Mm-hmm. We're back. No, you're I not. Know. But Baylor Bears, I'm going to pick them in this one. I think they're going to close the deal here in the Big 12 and and make the conversation interesting for the college football playoff. And if they'll represent the Big 12 in there. And if OU will miss their their second ever playoff. They missed the first one, and then I think they're going to miss this one too. Okay. All right. And a quick update on the rankings before we go into our SEC championship here. Uh, I am 29 and 13 this year. You are 23 and 19. So I got a six point or six game lead on you. So. This could be a very pivotal week in helping close that gap as we're winding down now on Man, I sure hope so. On the on the regular seasons, you know. We could carry this over into the playoffs if you want, but I think that might be kind of its own like separate little bracket, which you can have our own little side bet for that too. We could, we could. But you know, reminder for everyone. Uh, the winner of this uh so the season loser of the staff fix has to wear the the other person's jersey. So I'd wear an Andrew Luck jersey or you wear my Russell Wilson jersey. And then uh we have the um the Colts and Seahawks bet Colts go nine and seven to make the playoffs. IOU Subway, um, I and said make the playoffs. Didn't yeah, I? and you said and make the playoffs. You made that and make the playoffs. Oh, I'm and so then confident. you made and then you also made the second bet that Seattle wouldn't make the playoffs, and they're ten and two right now in what? the NFC. Where's that? I don't see that. It's not up there. Don't you remember though? Uh, if you remember that, it, I've because you were like you're like yeah, yeah, Seattle yeah. and you're like that's a second bet you know second subway sandwich in there as well so we got two uh, up there I'll have to give you two subway sandwiches on this one and you're gonna have to wear my jersey probably get ready for that bud here's the thing I think we're probably going to eat well yeah 
Uh, you know, I, I think I have a chance to come back with South Dukes. Oh, no, you got a, you got a chance definitely because we got number two LSU versus number four Georgia. You Georgia, Georgia just in the championship game last year. I'm taking LSU. Okay, well, I'm taking LSU too. I'm, I'm taking Joe Burrows. Uh, yeah, I'm not going against Joe Burrow. I was like, Broadway Joe, you know, it, it's yep. it, it's hard to pick against him, especially when the – Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe. Is that what they're calling him now? I I saw it once on his senior night thing. Do you see what he did on his on oh, his yeah. uniform? The the burrows, but he spelled it like a like a bayou. Yep, yep, yep. And, and he, apparently he just. That. I was like, apparently he just went up to the the equipment staff and, he's, and like started the week. He's like, I want to do this. He's like, yep. well, that tracking shot. Let me tell you, with a Ronin, nice Nikon, you know, fu- <sighs> mm, that was, it was beautiful. beautiful. It was that, beautiful. That was like something out of a movie. I saw like how much that that cost in terms of gear, and it was like four thousand dollars or something like that, Ooh. which is pretty crazy. Because one guy was like, ten years ago, that was a twenty thousand dollars shot in terms of stabilization and the following of that shot with the cape. It's like, it's amazing what we can do now. Yeah, and get shots like that of Joe running out of the tunnel, is hearing that entire stadium in Death Valley erupt, yeah. or not Death Valley because that's Clemson. But you know, no, no, I thought it was, oh, it was Death Valley. I thought Clemson was Death Valley. Maybe they're both Death Valley. Well, I'm looking this up right now. But, you know, like, hearing all those fans erupt, that's just, you know, that's something I wish I could have experienced in my life in terms of being an athlete or in terms of, you know, and I think every sports fan wish that they can be the kind of that center of attention on a field and feeling 20,000 people cheering your name. Oh, interesting. Interesting side note here. Okay. Some college football trivia. Uh, who first called their stadium Death Valley, Clemson or LSU? I would say LSU. It was Clemson. It was Clemson. Clemson's Memorial Stadium was called Death Valley in 1948. Um, and it wasn't until 1959 that LSU's Tiger Stadium was first called Death wow. Valley. So, previously, previously it was known as Death Valley because of the crowd noise. The name transformed to Death Valley after the 1959 Sugar Bowl in which LSU beat Clemson. That's pretty crazy. I like that. I and like. And here's what's even crazier is we have a good chance of a two versus three matchup LSU Clemson college ball playoff. I like that. That's awesome that you looked that up. Yeah. I really like that. Um, and potentially, here's the thing. I, I could be wrong as well. It might be a Sugar Bowl matchup. I don't know how the bowl games are this year. I think it's a cotton. I think it's Cotton Bowl and Sugar Bowl. I'm, or I think it's Cotton Bowl Orange Bowl. I think. Is it okay? Because um, if it was Sugar Bowl, that would be yeah. crazy. Especially, let's um, see. So it's going to be 2020. That's when those games will be played. Uh, let me see here. Oh. So yeah, this year is the Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah, last So, yeah, okay. And then, yeah, the Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl. Yeah. If it was the Sugar Bowl, that would have been, cr- been like – I know how like I would have been like call ESPN. They're going to throw up a graphic like tonight, but you know, still that's going to be pretty amazing. Kind of what matchup does happen. That would be 60 years. Wow. That's crazy. 60 years since that matchup. I like death Valley. I like that, but death Valley is also cool. I guess. But yeah. Interesting side note. I'm glad. Interesting side note. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you did too. All right. And now we got our final game of the week. This one for the NFL. We have, the ten and two San Francisco 49ers on the road against the New Orleans Saints. Yes. Who do you got in this one? You know, okay, I think did we did we do? Uh, oh no, we didn't do any Niners Ravens, did we? Because we were no, gone. We, we weren't here. That we weren't here. The um, 
We weren't. Yeah, we didn't yeah, have a show right, that week. Right. So. Well, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, I picked Green Bay over San Francisco. Yeah. I was like, we both picked Green Bay. I'm trying to think if I've been picking against San Francisco all season or if I've been picking with San Francisco and then they've been proving me wrong. Because I know we've been they've do, we've done our games, done games a, a few times now. You've picked them once. So there was Seattle, San Francisco. There was San Francisco, L.A. Yeah, okay, they... And out of the three games, you picked, picked against LA. them. Did I pick L.A. over Yeah, you picked L.A. 38-30. God, what an idiot. And I picked Was that me or was that Jonah? That was you. Ah, man. That was uh, week five. Yeah, and you got that one wrong. Yeah, that was, Cause that that's was w- stupid. We had a... That was one of our bite size show again because, yeah, we only picked yeah, two games yeah. that week. Yeah, because then the week after, I wasn't here, and then that's when... We still haven't totaled that up, so I, we might have to go back and look at those. And oh, yeah, I, I never totaled those up for that week. Because I was like, we have those three games, that, or those yeah. four games, I think. We're going to have so, to look back at that one. If if it's within four, we got to look yeah, back true. at those. If yep. it's five yep. or above, yep. you know, I win. But if it's any closer, we have to go back and listen to those, and we can make that a little segment. Yep. So, All right. So, who do you got in this one? LSU-San Fran, both 10-2. Oh. Man, San Francisco in the wild card now because Seattle has the top spot in the division. Yeah, this one's interesting. This one's interesting because they're both really good teams. I mean, this you could say this is also the top two teams in the NFL. I mean, yeah. So, mm, San Francisco barely lost to a Baltimore Ravens team, which is a very efficient offense. Yep. And now they play another New Orleans team that is very good on offense as well. Yep. But it's also been playing really well on defense. Like I said, it's New Orleans has been playing just consistent football for the past three years now. Oh man, this is a very difficult one. All right, count of three. Yeah. All right. All right. One, two, three. New Orleans. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm gonna go San Fran. You're gonna San Fran. I'm all go right. San Fran. Oh man, this is gonna be a big week in terms of swinging things. See. All the points you hit on is kind of what I'm picking New Orleans here. You got Michael Thomas on the outside. You know, you got Drew Brees, Hall of Famer. You got the offensive line playing pretty well. You got the defense played pretty solid against Matt Ryan and the Falcons uh, in Atlanta. The only reason I think I'd go San Fran is just I would take their defense. I would agree with I that. I think their defense can stop the Saints. Yeah, I just think – I just want Alvin Kamara to get a return to form game. Yeah. It's going to be hard against this defense because I will admit San Fran does have an amazing defense with Bosa, Sherman, and all those guys. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I don't know if it'll be as good as last week's game because that was probably game of the year in terms of Ravens, yeah. San Fran. Um, but I'm going to take the Saints in this one. You oh. know, This isn't just because I don't like the, the, the Niners because, you know, mm-hmm. hate them to my core. But I just think that New Orleans is just going to – they have the home field advantage. San Francisco's on the road for two straight games. This is going to start being the very tough part of their schedule. I think they're going to drop this one and go to 10-3. and three. Well, all right. All right. So that concludes there. Um, how much time do we have left? we got about 15 minutes here. So quickly I want to just touch on the NBA and kind of what's going on there. Um, so far, Lakers and Clippers kind of running away with it in the West. You know, yep. they're but like, you know, what's – that was expected. I know. It's like, and still very early in the year, but you know, Clippers, Lakers doing their thing. Blazers with Melo. Melo is just Melo, and he's getting Offensive Player of the Week awards now, and he's Mello just the guy. most improved. Most improved. Honestly, that, I don't think that's too far to the question. If he keeps no. scoring 24 a game, it won't happen. 
but who knows? Mm-hmm. And then out of the East, you got my Miami Heat's in a three seed right now, right behind this. Uh, you got um, Toronto and uh, Milwaukee up there, and then you got Boston and Philly underneath them. So yep. the East starting to shape up a little bit, you know. No Heat, they just lose the Celtics. I mean, okay, whatever, you know. It wasn't. It didn't look like it was close. Oh well, it doesn't matter. You have one of those games there once in a while. Right. But you know, you know, it, it's whatever. It's okay. whatever. I I like this team. I like where it's going. I like the NBA right now. You know, James Harden is still putting up crazy stat lines. Trey Young, I think, what was it? He had the most. He has the most thirty and ten games mm-hmm. for someone under twenty one. Yep. He has twelve now in his career, beating LeBron by eleven or who has eleven? Thirty points, ten assists. Three points, thirty points, ten assists. Yeah, but. Trey Young, granted, the Hawks have four wins this year, so not a whole lot going there. But which is disappointing, you know. Especially, I mean, coming into the season, I thought that this young Hawks team would be some like very competitive, especially yeah. like in the East. I thought mm-hmm. they could, especially with the new emergence of you know Trey Young. I thought they would be they'd be fun to watch, but unfortunately, they're just not good. I'm like again. they have been pretty fun to watch for Trey Young. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, but I outside of that, John Collins hasn't been what what no. people thought. He, I know there's, there's a guy, Ben Steiner, who I follow on Twitter. He's he's kind of on NBA Twitter. He's an analyst, or he's a beat writer for the Hawks, so mm-hmm. he is very Hawks-heavy, like Trey Young, Trey Young, John Collins, Cam Reddish. Yeah. But, I mean, they haven't been anything spectacular this year. Yep. So we'll just kind of see, but... Overall, this has been kind of an interesting year. Um, really like seeing LeBron playing at an MVP level. Anthony Davis Me at too. a DPOY. Yeah, I mean, I love it so much. I just, I just love it so much. Yeah, uh, you know, I was never a Lakers guy ever. Growing up, I hated Kobe with a passion. I hated Kobe so much. I didn't start to actually respect the guy until after he retired. Yeah. It's a great, a great uh, documentary. Probably one of my favorite sports documentaries mm-hmm. on Kobe. Um, Is that Dear Basketball? Showtime. No, no, oh. it's on Showtime. It was a uh, – oh, man. Now I forgot what it was called. But anyways, it's a Showtime documentary of Kobe Bryant. You, you probably Google that. It's yeah. really good. It's very in-depth. It's right after he had uh, his second injury. It was basically oh. him – like show like him recovering through his Achilles, yeah, and then showing like his past and all that stuff, uh, really through the mind. And then at the end, it's like you think like, oh, you know, he's back. It's a happy ending. But then it's like, no. Then he injures his shoulder, and it's they, basically the end of of Kobe. Yeah. So I'll definitely have to check that out. Sounds like an interesting documentary. But muse, yeah, and- Muse. I think it's m- Muses or, or Muse. Yeah, because it's uh, because he ends on he like he wants to uh, you know, be on that that table with like magic and all of them oh okay uses. so all right yeah, yeah. very interesting documentary i'll check that out but yeah so just a quick little update on the nba you know i'm kind of waiting until the christmas games right now it's kind of what i'm waiting for so i think that's going to be when the season really starts to take shape because we still have another almost four months f- almost four to six months after that in terms of playoffs and getting to the and the tail end of the regular season. So we've got a lot of basketball left to play. Who knows what will happen between now and then. But Definitely. I just want to see you keeping tabs on it just so we're up to date on it. Uh, Kyrie Irving out now for yeah. even more time with that shoulder injury. Apparently it's supposed to be even worse according to the New York Post than I initially thought. Still no Zion Williamson in the NBA. People are just... Yeah, I forgot about him. It's a bit <laughs> point you just forget about Zion. Remember like, it was just a constant Zion watch for everything? And now yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, John Morant. I love John Morant. Oh yeah, I am pro- 
I saw, you know, those throwback Memphis Grizzlies unis that they have I now. Would love to get. A I John saw them for jersey. thirty bucks on the site with a discount code, and I'm like, th- and I'm I'm probably gonna buy one. A Jaw Morant for thirty bucks for no way. I don't. That's the thing. It's like it's such a good deal. I don't know if it's a real site, like because it's like on like Twitter. And it's like you know one of those uh, mm-hmm. Jersey outlets. But it's you can find some good deals though. That I got a Yankees jersey from like eBay, and it was I thought I was like, ah, let's see how it's gonna be, but nicely stitched everything. Yeah. But no, like yeah, those, those teal them. uniforms. Ugh, love John mm-hmm. Morant. Loved him last year at Murray State. Mm, I'm probably gonna buy one here soon, and also gonna buy some of those. Maybe I don't know if it's between blue the vice. Yeah, I was like baby blue vice or the pink vice or the black vice. Or I think the white baby vice. blue vice. I like the black ones. I was I've been waiting for the baby blue vice ever since they announced came out. It. Yeah, I think they announced the black ones. I was like, they gotta do the blue ones, and they did the pink ones, and I was like, the eh, pink okay. ones had me like. Pink eh. ones are just like too much. It's like. It's like the neon green Seahawks uniforms. Which, like, like you which, wear them once. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. What yeah. was that? What was that so, uniform combination? So that was our throwback to the action green, which we wore once against the Bears in twenty. Yeah. Okay, I remember that game. In twenty ten, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, I but remember we wore that them game. One time prior, in terms of the neon green top and the blue pants. Yeah, I just that blue pants, man, just not not it, work. It throws it off, but you know, I'm I'm okay with it, you know, with the neon, you know, you wear it once or twice yeah, a year. Yeah. Primetime games, but you know, I'm okay if I don't see it for the rest of the year now. Definitely. I'll never forget was it when they first came out the color rush uniforms. Was it that Thursday night game? Who who were the two teams? Was it the Jets? They had like oh, the crazy fir- ones. The first uh Yeah, it was like one of the I remember it there was, was terrible um, on the eyes. It was like it was. I want to say maybe the Chiefs. It was the, Ram- it was the Rams and the Bucks. It was the ketchup, yeah, that one it was was a ketchup and mustard game. Yeah, there's that. The Jets had one too, or it's like the I think the Jets, the Jets and I think some some red team. I would say maybe the Chiefs. It was the Bills. The Bills. Yes. It was Bills. Jets and Bills, Jets and, and Bills. that that was the game where the Jets were hopping, were getting yeah. hyped up on uh, on yeah. defense for the with the music. Yeah, but yeah, but I, like those, I'm okay with them once a year. Once a year, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Outside of that, give it a break. Some of the color rush looks like look really good, mm-hmm. and it works. Like the Saints, they use you theirs all the time because yeah. those look cool. The Giants, all white with a throwback oh, helmet. Yes, looks really really yes. good. I think they should just bring that back. They need to bring the script helmet back. Yeah, and then you got the Ravens with the all purple uniforms with those gold numbers. It's like it just works. Yeah, but then you got Seattle's, yeah. which is like eh. you know, we're all over the place at the end of the show. But you know, speaking of the Giants. Eli, baby, he's back. He's 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 gonna he's go on back. A, he's gonna go on a four game stretch right here and ruin the Giants' draft pick. Just watch it. And you know what? Good for him because you know why? You can't spell elite without, without Eli. Eli. Yeah, Danny Dimes not panning out as um, no. all Giants fans thought. Nope. But you know, just how it is. Rip Giants fans. Rip, yeah. rip Jets rip, fans. Just rip New York fans in general. I feel bad for you guys. Rip Miami fans because you're ruining also, your draft pick. Also, I speaking of New York, uh, I saw a tweet this morning and i got really excited and i realized very quickly oh i think this is fake i'm not for sure i have to do more research like uh on the baseball side of things uh garrett cole pitcher for the astros uh, was you know this tweet said that he signed with the yankees for like a seven year 250 million dollar deal and i was like that seems like a baseball deal right and yeah. then i was looking at the comments and everyone's like oh man i really believed this at first and i was like what this is this is fake. Like the Yankees need like Garrett Cole. Like I, I yeah, uh, I don't follow baseball, so this is all just you know over my head. But you know, 
Yeah. That sounds like a baseball contract. You said that, and I was like, seven years, 250 million? Yeah, the Yankees could afford that. Yeah. Well, yes, the Yankees, they can afford anybody. It's why. I hate that. That's what I hate about the Yankees, that they just can just buy their teams. But, but, they, but they haven't been buying their teams. They're homegrown. They're homegrown. The only one we bought is Giancarlo. I was going to say, Stanton, you know. It's the only one. Miami. It's the only one. Okay? It's the only one. Yeah, so we need some pitchers. So like, I'm good to. So trade Aaron Judge and buy get a pitcher. Pitch. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. We're like one pitcher away from actually making the World Series. That's what they say every year. Yeah, because we haven't got a pitcher yet. We're one pitcher away from getting the World Series. What about what about Chapman? You had him. Yeah, he's he's closer. It's always funny because he he's goes kinda, from he he goes from Yankees, Chicago, Yankees, Chicago. Yeah, Yankees. he's like he can be really good and then he can be really bad. It's, it's only because he can throw that 101-mile-per-hour yeah. fastball consistently. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, now we'll get into our Mike Leach Awards. I love the end of the show. We just kind of just hop from yeah. one thought to the other. It's like I just love doing that. Definitely. But now we'll go to our Mike Leach Awards. Uh, For mine, mine is on the former Jaguars running back, Maurice Jones-Drew. He was recently talking about his what he used to do in fantasy. So he used to play every time he was in the NFL. He was a longtime running back uh, in, the, in the 2000s up until the early 2010s. And he said every year for fantasy, he would pick one player usually with his first overall pick. Himself. First overall, baby, is what he said. And he's like always well, picked himself to carry I himself mean, in fantasy. I remember playing – I've been playing fantasy football since who like – I was in elementary school. Yeah. And uh, I would – you know, Maurice Jones-Drew was always a top pick yeah. in fantasy. So, like – He's playing it right, honestly. You know, betting on himself. I would say that's pretty on good. That's pretty good to bet on yourself. So. Yeah. It's like he, like he was an elite running back. But he was never like an all-time yeah. great, but you know he was still because you know that Jacksonville team wasn't anything super special yeah. after they made a couple playoff runs in the early, early, early two thousands. Yeah. But you know, overall, I thought that was funny. It's like you're so confident on yourself, <clears throat> draft yourself in fantasy because yeah. you know in those NFL rings or you know those players, they have like ten thousand dollar bets on those things. Definitely. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And speaking of fantasy this year, man, it's not been a good season. Oh, it's been awful. It's been. I've had three teams, and they're all terrible. The you know, our league for you know our office league, terrible. Yep. Terrible. My only good league, I started off. Uh, I think I was six and zero. Yeah, I was six and zero. Yeah. And then I've lost my last seven. Out of boy, I love it. Total collapse. Total collapse. And then my other league. Just miserable. It's a twelve-man league, you know. For some reason, quarterbacks are jacked way higher for pointage. Like that's, it's stupid, you know. And it's not a PPR league either, mind you. I hate. You think it should be a PPR league for twelve-man leagues? PPR. I hate that for our league in terms of the office. It's not a PPR league. That makes me more furious than anything else because if someone has nine catches, I should get points for every single one of those catches. Yeah, you know, I, I look at it this way: if the higher, like, more teams. I think it should be PPR because then you have to really like you're drafting players late and like, like oh I guess I'll get this backup or this third string running back because you know <laughs> there's nobody else to draft. Yeah. So you know if it's like an eight man league, which I think that's what is it eight man or ten man for I the office, uh, that either or is good because like then you can just have solid players overall. Hopefully. Yeah, and I'm still sucking even with all those. Solid. Yeah, I was too. I came in and I was like oh man I'm gonna kill it this year. And I'm not. Yeah, Zeke, Todd Gurley. I was like, man, I'm going to kill it. You know? No. No. Tom Brady. No. no. Todd Brady's been playing worse than Mitchell remember when there was a, Remember when there was a moment where, like, man, this Patriots offense is going to explode with Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon and all them. And Do you think there's a chance Antonio Brown comes back this year before the playoffs? 
I I think there's a 10% chance of it happening. I think if the Patriots are going to have to lose against the Chiefs and maybe and maybe maybe another loss to like make Belichick and and Kraft think okay maybe we should reach out to him again because yeah. he's been trying he's been really uh, I was like, on he, Instagram he, he went from f the Patriots screw all this what's and it, now, uh, now he's kind of like hey guys we had such was a it, was it an Instagram uh, Instagram post where he was uh, it was Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. It was on Twitter. Was, yeah. Yeah, but it was just a bunch of stuff. And it was from the Miami game. The and, and it was Gronk there as well. Yeah, the Tom Brady and all this. And Tony Brown tweeted that out. That was ridiculous. Went from hating, 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 hating the Patriots, and now he's just kind of like, you guys, just you know, take me back. Come on. Come on. Yeah. All right. What's your Mike Leach Award for, yep. for this week on December? What is it? December 5th is when we're recording this? Yes. Uh, December 5th. Yeah. December 5th. Uh, you know, I'm going to take it to one of the most dominant defensive players in the NBA. He used to be very, very dominant nonstop. I think you know where I'm going with this. I think I think I do, yeah. Dwight Howard, baby. Dwight Howard. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, he's had some of like, the most interesting career after leaving Orlando. Uh, laying a dud with the Lakers. Like Which I mean, it, really with even, it wasn't really a dud per se. Like he was still kind of dominant with the Lakers, but just eh. you know that whole team was just eh. And then Rockets hurt Kobe, hurt Steve Nash. Yeah, just not good. Yeah, you know Rockets, yuck, bad. Well, not it really didn't start until after he left the Rockets. Then it was just like really deteriorated. Then Atlanta was Atlanta, uh, Sh- Charlotte, Wizards. So yeah, it went. Atlanta, Charlotte, traded to Brooklyn, released oh, Brooklyn, Wizards, yeah. Wizards, Lakers. Yeah, back on the Lakers. And you know what? I think being around the winning culture that LeBron brings to almost any program now, Yeah, uh, it's been great for him. But the reason I, I say he's on Mike Leach Ward is that, you know, he made a three-pointer last night. You see the perfect swish three at Utah in the corner. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Okay, like, I get it, a bunch of big men have been, you know, working on their game. But I feel like Dwight Howard making a three is more impressive than Ben Simmons finally making his first. No. Yes. Have you no. seen Dwight Howard's shot? It's so flat. Like, the, the guy who could barely make free throws can now make free throws and also, you know, potentially make corner threes. And mind you, his numbers haven't been, you know, stellar, but he's doing enough for the Lakers. He had three blocks last night. He had two blocks the previous game. He's had, let's see, three, five. He's had, yeah, wait, that's eight blocks in the past four games. All right, you got 30 seconds to get this Dwight Howard stuff out of your system. Dwight Howard, baby. He's good for the Lakers. That's it. Good pickup. Ben Simmons 3 was an iconic moment in NBA history that will go down forever. All right, that's all you need to know. All right, that'll be all for us this week here on the Vandal Scoreboard Podcast. I'm Zach Kellogg, joined as always by Chris Dermer. You can catch all of our works at thevandalnation.com. Catch up Vandal Nation on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Also catch out on Inside the Vandals, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can also check us out on Twitter. My at is at Kellogg, K-E-L-L-O-G-G, underscore Zach, Z-A-C-K. Chris, your Twitter handle? Uh, it's Chris, C-H-R-I-S, underscore D-E-R-E-M-E-R, Dermer, all capital letters. And that'll be all for us this week. Thank you for joining us as always. We'll see you all next week. We'll have another exciting show about Vandal Sports and everything going off around the world of athletics. But until then, we'll see you all next time. And go Vandals. Roll Vandals.